Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We ended last week's broadcast beginning to talk about some of the elements you will need to apply in your marriage along with boundaries. Doctors Cloud and Townsend tell us that love is the most important element of any relationship. It is the essential framework for how you treat your mate. When you love someone, you are for them, and whatever you do or say must be from a loving perspective, not a vengeful or punishing one. When problems arise in marriage, and they always do, the first thing to do is to establish that you desire the best for your mate, even if they have not been a loving person themselves. Some spouses will respond to the love itself as it reaches the soul. Others may not respond. In these cases, the love helps you to balance the pain of boundaries with care for your spouse. Not only do you need to speak from love, but you also need to be receiving care, support, and encouragement from God and others outside of your marriage. We need relationships with people to fill us up inside, especially when we have marriage struggles. Being connected helps us to bear and tolerate the problem, the distance from our spouse, and what it takes out of us to deal with the problem. Many times, a spouse who is detached from supportive relationships either will set no boundaries or will set extremely reactive boundaries as a response to their own internal emptiness and deprivation. Doctors Cloud and Townsend give an example of a husband they know who had a hard time forming relationships outside of marriage. He operated in life as a loner. When he finally confronted his spendthrift wife on her problem, He found himself yelling and being harsh in ways he hadn't wanted to be. His own lack of being loved caused him to set an unnecessarily harsh boundary. And a harsh, angry boundary is almost always received in anger. You rarely get what you want when you set these sort of boundaries. There are almost no marriage problems in which one spouse contributes 100% and the other 0%. Humbly take responsibility for what you've done, apologize, ask forgiveness, and then change. Perhaps you have not spoken up when you should have. Perhaps you have told others about your problem with your spouse, but have not gone directly to them. Your ownership of your part of the problem helps your spouse not to feel judged or put down. Whatever the problem between you and your spouse, invite them to change before you set limits. With empathy and love, request that they make a change. For example, you might say, You know, your critical tones hurt my feelings and distance me from you. I want to be closer. Will you work on changing your tone? Often a husband will feel sad and empathetic for the pain he has caused his wife. Invitation can preclude having to set some consequence. Remember the couple's story we related last week? Giving a warning is one element Vicki had neglected. She went straight to boundary setting with Colton. He felt ambushed and hurt. A warning might have helped both of them obtain what they wanted. When we warn, we tell our spouse two things. First, we tell them that something painful might happen in the future. Second, we tell them that their behavior will help determine what happens. Vicki might have said... If you continue to rage, I'll have to put distance between us to protect myself. 
give your spouse the benefit of a warning. Often, knowing that a consequence is in our future helps us to take ownership of ourselves. Many times, a spouse will appear impatient and intolerant of their mate's irresponsibility or control. Once the issue is exposed, they will demand instant change and will be quite critical when their spouse fails, regresses, or resists the process of growth. This often happens because they've been silently suffering for so long that they feel they have already been patient. However, silent suffering is not patience. Such suffering is often driven by fear or avoidance of conflict. Patience is different. Patience allows the process to happen while you are also providing the ingredients of growth. Make sure you are loving and truthful while you allow your spouse time to grow. Remember how long it has taken for you to change, and remember God's patience with us in 2 Peter 3, 9. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. When love, support, invitation, warning, and patience are in play, you may have to follow through on your consequence. Consequences protect you and also help your spouse deal with the reality of their actions. Be consistent but loving. Don't set your consequences out of anger, revenge, or punishment. Many boundaries can be changed over time as a spouse matures and changes. You may not have to keep a limit forever as what you make external becomes internalized in your marriage as it becomes a part of who you two are. This is a mark of growing up. What was outside becomes a part of us inside. Renegotiation may mean that when your spouse changes, you will again be close to them, or that you will have less of a need to protect yourself, or that you will not be so controlling with the finances. In marriage, try to operate with as few rules as possible. The more people grow, the fewer rules they need. Finally, be actively and constantly in the process of forgiveness. To forgive is to cancel a debt. You need to both forgive your spouse and request forgiveness from your spouse. What you try to accomplish in boundary setting can be severely hampered if you don't live in forgiveness. You will run many risks that will disrupt the process of marriage growth, such as blaming, judging, laying guilt trips on your spouse, being unable to let go of past problems, taking too much responsibility for your spouse's issues. When God wants to help us grow, he does more than simply set a limit. He uses his boundaries as one of several elements to encourage us to change, mature, and become what he intended us to be. The process of growth in marriage is difficult. The alternative, divorce, is worse. But before we talk about divorce, let's take a brief look at how the idea of submission in marriage has been misused. I'm not sure we'll get through this topic in today's broadcast. What I'm bringing to you today is the information that Drs. Cloud and Townsend put forth in their book, Boundaries in Marriage. I think there's much more that can be said about the topic, but I'll reserve that for another broadcast or two. Having said that, here are their remarks. Few passages in the Bible have been subject to more misunderstanding and misuse than this teaching on submission. Ephesians 5, 23, and 25 says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. 
Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. Many times, husbands have used the Apostle Paul's teaching to justify control and abuse of their wives. Doctors Cloud and Townsend go on to say, We have rarely seen a client in marriage therapy bring up submission unless a big part of the problem is a controlling husband. Usually a husband wants to control and not serve his wife, and he is in denial of his own controlling behavior. When his wife has finally had enough and stands up to him, he plays the submission card as a way of getting back in control and avoiding whatever problem she is confronting. This is not what this passage has in mind. Basically, this passage establishes a sense of order in a marriage. It places final responsibility for the family on the shoulders of the husband. He is the head or the leader of the family as Christ is the leader of the church. The passage asks his wife to submit to her husband's leadership as we all submit to Christ's leadership. Well, what does this leadership look like? It's basically the leadership Christ provides the church. He died for her and makes her whole. He looks out for her growth and best interest, cleanses her from guilt, provides resources for her growth, and protects her from the world, the flesh, and the devil. He helps her to invest her talents, heals her hurts, takes her suffering on himself, supports her in trials, and comes alongside of her when she fails. The Apostle Paul describes this leadership role in Philippians 2 as one of a giving servant. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross. A leader is a giving servant who is committed to the best for the ones he or she is leading. If a wife is resisting a husband who is loving, truthful, protective, and providing for her well-being, then something is wrong. The commandment for her to submit, to respond to her husband, assumes he loves her in this way. So whether we are speaking of the church or of marriage, The commandment provides a beautiful picture of a sacrificial love and the response to such a love. What submission does not mean is that a husband tells his wife what to do. Leadership does not mean domination. Marriages that work best have equal partners with differing roles. Decisions are best made mutually as both parties with their different strengths bring in different perspectives. A loving man would never make some decision that would hurt his wife. He needs her input, and she needs his. They are interdependent, and they are partners in the marriage. In fact, in the verse before the submission verse, Paul says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. The husband should always submit to his wife's needs as Christ did for ours, even to death on a cross. Well, our time's gotten away from us for today. We'll continue our discussion next week. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening. 
and be blessed.